I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Tuck Wisner. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I am so grateful to have you here this wonderful Saturday afternoon. Thanks for sticking in with us during some technical difficulty the other day. I was so glad you were able to reschedule so we could have this wonderful chat today. One very timely and necessary, always necessary, but even more so being what's going on in the world and, you know, uh, the loss of communication together. You've written a wonderful book called The Art of Conscious Conversation, transforming how we talk, listen, and interact. And it's been kind of vicious the way some people have been interacting, especially on social media. And I'm hoping you can help our business owners interact a lot better than what we've seen recently. But welcome to the show. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I'm glad we finally make it work. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the impetus for you even deciding to create a book on conversations? Well, I've been working uh, quietly and um, confidentially in good companies in the U.S. with executives, usually under NDA. So it's all very confidential. Uh, And over the years, um, so my work is very eclectic. I studied the ontology of language and mediation. And mm-hmm. then there's other things around linguistics and the power, the philosophy of language. Mm-hmm. And oh, and my clients would say, well, where can I read about this? And I realized that there was this book here and this article here. And, and some of it was really esoteric. The linguistic stuff is really hard to read. So I thought, you know, I want to write something that's really easy to understand, but also incredibly practical and useful. Mm-hmm. And so it took me quite a while to pull that together to figure out how to structure it. Mm-hmm. But um, that was that was what got me started. My clients asking, mm, is there is there a textbook? Yeah. And it's interesting. I find that a lot of our um, business owners who end up writing a book, it's often for that reason. They have some great wisdom or information that people keep saying, hey, I, I wish it was just in one place. I could just reference it. And they're like, well, OK, I guess I'll write that book so that yeah. it could be there where people need it. Um, And this is never more necessary. Working with businesses for many, many years, as you have, is there something people miss regarding the concept of communication today? Yeah, I think, well, so my book, 
has a lot of business examples and a lot of applications. It also has personal examples because whether you're fighting with your spouse or your, your sweetheart or whether you're at work or your kids, conversations is the is the uh, tool we have, right? Mm -hmm. So, but in business, there's one particular thing that keeps showing up over and over again, and that's the issue of authority, mm -hmm. the issue of power. And, and what I find is leaders that get, that climb up the ladder because they're experts or because they're good technicians or whatever they are, and then they end up being a leader. Um, there, there aren't many that get there and have leadership training and and when I say authority, I th oftentimes lead, really good leaders and they're well-intended people, but they don't realize the power of their voice. Mm -hmm. So inside of a hierarchy, um, and I, I like to say the, the virtual walls of a business inside that hierarchy, it's really an artificial hierarchy and there's worker bees and there's levels and managers mm -hmm. and leaders and CFOs and CEOs. And that hierarchy creates uh issues of power hmm. because the higher you get you the more responsibility you have right but also the higher you get the more people give authority to your voice hmm. and how it might play out is a leader might think oh i'm just stating my opinion that was a really stupid thing to do mm -hmm. someone could leave that meeting hearing i'm about to get fired oh yeah Right. Mm -hmm. Or in a meeting, a leader would say, you know, the numbers for the last quarter don't look very good or our launch didn't work very well. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think went wrong. What do you think? And the room goes silent <laughs> because he or she has already told them this is what went wrong. And I'm the boss. Yeah. So why it, why put any input? You already told us right, what it is. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Now, that that's a common problem. But, you know, it's also that then you put that inside of a culture of a company and it really matters the culture that a leader sets. Mm -hmm. So if, if the leader understands this, can set a culture where there is psychological safety to disagree with him or her. Mm -hmm. There is psychological safety to, you know, have a banter with your colleagues to come up with the best idea. That, that's how we overcome this, this uh, pattern of, of power issues. Yeah, I, I love that we're going here, uh, Chuck, because I have seen this play out and I've got I've been asked to come in and, and speak to the employees and then, you know, see sweet people. And they're both on two different planes. The right. um, the worker bees, as you call them, will be like, they don't care about my opinion. I could be here again, uh, here right. and gone tomorrow. They don't really care about me or what I have to say or whatever. Um, yeah. But they have valuable information and and stuff to share. And you talk to C-suite people like, yeah, yeah, we totally value what our employees have to say, yeah. but th yeah. th they don't feel that way. So as you right. said, if someone comes in there and said, okay, our first quarter totally sucked people. What do you think? They're like, well, I ain't saying anything after what he yeah. just said. So right. how do we, how do you as a leader, if any of our business owners are listening in, how do yeah. you transform that, that you, for one, I guess, pay attention to what you're saying, but how it might be coming across. How do they begin to put forth a message where they can have, you know, a play, a play. with their, yeah. 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 So the, uh, just briefly, the, the book mm -hmm. is organized around four types of conversations. So there's mm -hmm. four, four uh, parts in the book. It's storytelling conversations, collaborative conversations, creative conversations, and commitment conversations. Mm -hmm. And in business, we love, well, in and out of business, we love our stories. 
We love to tell our stories. We tend to get attached to our stories. Our mm -hmm. ego likes our stories. And we, <laughs> and you know, so that's one whole thing. And we love the commitment conversation, which is the action conversation. All right, who's going to do what, when, why, and where, right? Mm -hmm. The middle two conversations, collaboration and creativity conversations, they get skipped over. And I call that the conversational bypass. Because to answer your question, a good leader should embrace, really learn how to have healthy, safe, collaborative conversations. And what that means is, the, the basis of collaborative conversations is really robust uh, advocacy. Here's my position mm -hmm. and robust inquiry, you know, asking questions. The trouble is we're trained to do both badly. So we tend to advocate with a closed fist <laughs> and we tend to ask questions or inquire uh, in, a, in an inquisitory manner, manner to, to sort of like, I'll prove you wrong to prove my point right. Right. Mm. So that's a, you know, and that I'm not uh, pointing fingers. It's a pretty mm. common pattern. And I like to call them patterns because if we all start on seeing the pattern, we don't have to self judge ourselves and go, wow, that's an interesting pattern. I can change that. I can do something about that. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the difference is like if a leader is going in with a strong opinion, of course his team is going to shut down. Right. Mm -hmm. um, if he makes psychological safety, it makes it safe for his team to open their hand and say, here's my position, but here's why I think this way. Here's what I think would happen if we did A instead of B. It's mm. sort of, you reveal your thinking under your position, mm. right? And I have I have a ways in the book to teach people to do that. Um, and so a leader wants to encourage that kind of, of open advocacy mm. where we mm. can share ideas. And because what happens is we learn from each other. Yeah. Like, you know, Christine, if we're in a conversation and you say, and we don't agree on something, but you say, well, here's how I'm thinking about it, Chuck. Mm -hmm. And if I really listen and I'm really open that there might be a way besides my way, besides Chuck's way, yeah. if I really listen, I can go, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. You're, you're measuring our success differently than me, but you know what? Your way makes sense. And I never thought of it that way. Now, now we're in a mutual learning conversation. Wow. So really, because I'm gathering from a lot of businesses I've worked with that I don't think any, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think most leaders think I want to strong arm people, but some some of the C-suite um, CEOs, CFOs are just strong individuals. So they're like, yeah. you know, and they, they don't mean to be like, ah, the heck with you. I, I don't think it's often they're, they're what they are planning Intention. to do. Intention. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but they're coming across like, eh, I ain't going to be the one that speaks up uh, and say something <laughs> against him or her um, yeah. and, and then get yeah. fired or something. So I like that. For one, it seems to start with the factor of the person looking, how how am I being perceived? Showing up. Let me, right. yeah, how am I showing up? What might that look like if I were to step outside myself and see myself from a third party That's um, right. position? Yeah. And, and then I like what you say when you say that just opening up and be like, Ah, oh, I never thought of it from that way because I'm thinking to myself when both of you come and you truly are open to hearing what the other side says and why do you think what you think then there mm -hmm. may even be a third option with which neither of you even thought about yet but by putting both of your ideas on the table you're like well okay I get your idea you get my idea but maybe there's a third or fourth possibility right and that that's the third conversation the creative conversation and if we're in a really good, open, 
mutual learning collaborative conversation, mm -hmm. oftentimes it just, like you say, oftentimes it just emerges into ideas. Mm -hmm. And those ideas weren't even available 20 minutes ago mm -hmm. because both minds were sort of closed down. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is when we open up and we get more vulnerable and a little more humble, because we can say my idea might not be the idea or I might not have to be the right, you know, have the right answer. Mm -hmm. Ideas bubble up and out of that, almost out of that space of openness, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that third conversation is our ability to, to uh, accept and be open to possibilities. Because mm -hmm. for every problem there is, there's, there's always a direct, this is the answer. But rarely, uh, you know, do if we jump on that answer, have we vetted all the other possibilities to make sure we're making the right, the right decision? Yeah, and yeah. as as decisions come, you know, as you work on a problem and come forward, that could be the best solution. There could be one option that's the best for that moment. But as you go through and proceed, then other options could become more valid as you move forward. Um, right. Now, what I'm thinking, and, and tell me if I if you've gotten this or, or perceived this in, in working with companies, often I feel the top C-suite individuals, CFO controllers, all that jazz, um, I think they often want to feel like they have a sense of authority over the people they lead. And they're, I think they might be sometimes um, afraid of losing that authority if they don't have a clear and quick answer to give. Different. And what I mean by that, when I talk to some of the individuals who are maybe the um, staff, support staff, whatever, when they put forth their opinions, often the C-suite individuals will be like, yeah, that's nice. Um, but, you know, this is the best option for now. And I think for them, they're scared to come across as weak to the yes. people who they lead. So they're just like, no, uh, we're going to do it this way and this why and da, da, da. And then the people yeah. who are working beneath them are like, well, why even try? I I'm just getting right. shut down. So I, I think uh, one of the big issues that maybe people who are in leadership have to come to understand is it doesn't make you weak to consider other options. Yeah, yeah. And I, in some ways, you know, again, I like to call these things patterns because mm -hmm. many executives are trained and they're rewarded to have good answers. I mean, they were they were experts. You know, I've worked with in the medical world. The doctors are the experts and they get to be leaders. And they don't have a goddamn hint about how to lead, but they're great <laughs> doctors, right? Mm -hmm. But they get rewarded for good work. And then, and it sort of like falls into this thing about, I have to know the answer. I have to have the answer. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you have that mental model of you have the responsibility to have the answer, you're, you're not getting the benefit of all, if you're surrounded by really great folks, you're not getting the benefit of those folks. Mm -hmm. And you're not getting the benefit of the diversity of ideas, you know? Yeah. So, so it, again, no blame, but if, mm -hmm. if you start paying attention to, what does this conversation look like? And mm -hmm. is there a safety? Is there openness? Is there creativity? Just just step back and go, you know what? Yes, I have an opinion. Yes, mm -hmm. I have a story. But I don't have to have the answer and I don't have to speak first. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes some of the hardest patterns to break mm -hmm. are people that just feel like they have to put their opinion out there. Say, here are the facts. Mm -hmm. This is what we should do. Mm -hmm. Room shuts down. So I say, you know what? Just reverse the whole thing. Don't tell them what you're thinking. Ask really good questions. Mm. All right, here's the problem. I have some concerns. We have to go here. I want to hear from all of you about what the, what the best solution is. Oh, I love that. 
Because you're not walking. Yeah, you're not walking into the room with a solution on the table where everyone's like, all right, it's already done. Why even bother? In this case, um, and maybe sometimes when you first get started with that procedure, people are going to be like, I don't know if I want to be the first one. Um, But as you begin to do that every meeting, allowing for openness for people to really share with their feeling without having to push your um, agenda or your agenda. your thoughts, um, then it'll make them feel more and more comfortable to share truly what they're feeling at the moment. Yeah, and it, it mm-hmm. is a two way street mm-hmm. because even if a lead, I had a leader who was incredibly smart, incredibly passionate, and I got called in because he was like, my team doesn't interact with me, so I sit sat in on a few meetings, and he would get up to a whiteboard. This mm-hmm. is a bit, I'm not a whiteboard, a flip chart, right? <laughs> Maybe 15 years ago before we had whiteboards. Uh, he would get to a, a flip chart and start saying, look at this. And this is how the pieces fit together. And here's what we need to do. And his 10 people were sitting there going, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he changed, when he changed his pattern, when we worked together and he said, you know what? I'm just going to say, here's what I'm thinking about. Here's where we need to go. Mm-hmm. I need to hear from you. It took three, four, five, six meetings for those mm-hmm. people to relax and trust that change. Because it's a cultural change. Mm, yes. You know, it's a psychological shift mm-hmm. and it took time. So both parties have to be willing to say, yeah, let's change this pattern. Uh, yeah. Let's change it up, you know. Yeah. And I yeah. love the idea sometimes of pulling in that third party to get both sides comfortable with changing up the pattern. Now, one of the perfect res- representations for me of this of this, the way to, to do things like this is watching Star Trek with Captain Picard, Kirk, they would often have these meetings with their heads of departments, as it were, um, yeah. saying, okay, Spock, what's your idea? Or da, 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 you know, give us your feedback in each department of what's going on. They would give their feedback. And of course, then the leader would take all of the all resources and all of the information and say, okay, this is what we're doing. But what I found interesting about it is often that's not what happens in, in corporate America. The, the lead comes in already pre- prescribed of what's going to happen and basically you're just handing down but this is what's going to we're going to do crew okay okay we're changing systems we're going to do it like this oh great more work yeah. on our butt without hearing yeah. okay what are your some of your concerns people about bringing on a new system or new people or whatever it might be right right and you know the 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 um even if we remove the leader mm-hmm. and we just talk about the team mm-hmm. teams get into patterns Right. And it might be the more um, extroverted person. It might be the person that's been there the longest. But, you know, that power thing creeps in also where team team members give other team members voice more power than they do someone else's voice. Mm. And so, you know, I've heard the the term um, teams getting dumb together because they just all sit in a room and they just agree. And yes, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And, and like I say, if you really embrace collaborative and creative conversations, Mm -hmm. you, that's how you get smart together. Mm -hmm. So if you want to undo the dumb part, start having different kinds of conversations and do it very purposefully. And sometimes I get a pushback. Ah, we don't have time. We have decisions to make. And I say, you know what, how many decisions did you make that you didn't vet possibilities that you didn't vet other perspectives Mm -hmm. that would have given you a different answer and so i'm not talking about days and say take a half hour spend the time to say what's what's possible how many stupid solutions and what pops up uh Mm -hmm. how many ideas are in the room so yeah everybody can step step back and go let's have a different let's have a different conversation and that shifts the culture too 
So basically, uh, what I'm gathering from you, it's really about each member of every part of the company or a business or in a conversation to step back and say, what better questions can I ask than I'm generally asking? How can I come to the table with different questions? Right. Yeah. I think just like we advocate with an open fist mm -hmm. and I say, let's advocate with an open hand, which says, yes, I have a position, but here's why. Here's my here's how I'm measuring. This is what I'm concerned about. You reveal your thinking. Inquiry is the same way. We ask good questions, not to disprove them, mm -hmm. but to help them reveal. Help me understand why you're thinking that way, Christina. Mm, yeah. Right now, it's not making sense to me, but take it apart for me a little bit. What are your concerns? What do you see happening two weeks from now? And yeah. those kind of questions, even if you're a little bit mm -hmm. defensive, a mm. good question, I can say, oh, let me prop up Christina's hand a little bit. <laughs> open, Let me open it up a little bit with good questions. I, I totally love this. And I, I recall back uh, when I was in Brooklyn, New York, there were some hairiness during a couple of years ago when COVID started and mm. the upheaval. And I remember a number of our neighbors all got together and they were saying, all right, what is everyone's take on what's going down? Because everyone mm. had their own concerns. Um, it wasn't all about, you know, what's going on with the COVID numbers. Some of them were concerned about more crime. Some were concerned about losing their job because they're all working from home. Are they going to fire us now? Do they not need us? And, you know, so everyone in our neighborhood, we were sitting together in coffee shop, like we all had totally different concerns and worries yeah. based on our own individual living situations. Right. Um, so, you know, one girl was a dog walker. Everyone's working from home. They don't need me to walk their dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it, you know, and all of their concerns are important important. Um, right. And so what was interesting is that we were all able to look at and see how we can maybe support each other based on each of our own concerns, based on our own living conditions, and how yeah, we might be able to help each other support as neighbors. Yeah, yeah, no, that, it's lovely. I mean, oftentimes, what I do in the book is I introduce four archetypal questions that help people, A, unpack their thinking and their opinions, and B, help them ask good questions. Because under every judgment and every opinion we have, mm -hmm. there are four key things. Mm -hmm. There are our desires. And so in business, that can include goals. What are we trying to accomplish? Or what do we want to have happen? Mm -hmm. Desires are a good thing because they can lead us to the future. They are also a trap. Because if we have a desire that's not aligned with reality, mm -hmm. We are we're in a battle we'll never win. Like you know, mm -hmm. I don't want this boss to behave that way anymore. <laughs> well, guess what? You don't have much power to change that boss, right? You might be able to influence them, but you don't have much power. So if you're going to fight that, you have much less of a success at trying to engage with that person in a healthy way or in a productive mm -hmm. way, right? So yeah. there's desires, there's concerns. Mm -hmm. And concerns are really great to put on the table because they're yours and they're mm -hmm. real, right? But because they're so real to us, we forget they're in the background of our consciousness. We sort of forget to bring them to the front mm. and go, yeah. you know, Christina, I want to do this podcast. And here's a concern I have about blah, blah, blah. And then we can talk about that. But mm -hmm. if, I, I'm, if the concern is living back here and I never ask you, mm -hmm. that'll never get taken care of. The third one is our power issues for every conversation with your kids, your loved one, your partner, <laughs> yeah. your boss, you know, your colleague, your neighbor. They're always power issues. You yeah. know? E even with friends, some friends might say, you look like crap today. And I would go, oh, Charlie is so full of crap himself. So I'm mm. not even going to bother. 
someone else might say that and go, whoa, maybe I, maybe I do look like crap. Maybe I, mm. maybe I did drink too much last night. <laughs> mm. Right. So we give, we assign unconsciously, we assign power to people's voices. Mm. Hierarchy, hierarchy just sort of like elevates that. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, the last of the four archetypal questions is standards. Mm. Every judgment we have, every opinion we have is based on a standard of what's good, bad, right, wrong, you know, tasty, not tasty, <laughs> you know, good leader, bad leader. And the cool thing about standards are, again, we forget to share them, mm-hmm. you know, and the cool thing about them are, are, are that 90% of our patterns, we did not consciously choose because mm. we adopted them. Like I had patterns from my grandparents or from my parents and from my schooling and from my teachers and my education, mm-hmm. right? So we had these patterns. And if we can look at them like, whoa, that's an interesting standard. Mm-hmm. But if it's not serving me well, or if it's keeping me stuck in a conversation, mm-hmm. I can change it. Yeah. I can change it. I'll change it up. I'll transform it into something else because, oh, Christina just taught me something. Her standard is better than my standard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I totally get you. Yeah. So that's sort of like how in the book I help people deconstruct or take apart places where they're stuck or when they don't know how to ask a good question, it's a great question to go. So what are your concerns? Yeah. Or how are you measuring this differently? How are you yeah. thinking about success differently than I'm thinking? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know what, Chuck? I recall having this chat with all of my neighbors and thinking we all had different concerns. And one of my concerns was I love connecting with human beings in person. And mm. that came to a halt. And I mm. was I was pent up with a lot of anger about this because like I want to be with human beings. I don't want to be, yeah. you know, hiding about and we can't really connect. And so after, you know, mulling on that, that's kind of not pro, um, proactive because when my, that's not helping anyone being angry about the situation, it's not going to change. It is what it is. So right. then came uh, after my anger, this acceptance that, okay, I can't change it, but what can I do that's positive? Right. And because I was trapped at home more, I started working out and then I started to notice, ah. Hey, my health isn't the best. And, and then I just started to get awareness of what I could do to improve my health, my fitness and all that stuff. And now I just realized last week I'm close to 80 pounds lost. Wow. That's Ah. incredible. Yeah. And and bit by bit process, but the point is changing the diet and the fitness and whatever, but it came across from that conversation after not being happy with the situation now saying, okay, I can't change what's going on the outside, but what can I do for me on the inside to make things better? Yeah. And that, you know, there's the, 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 the word acceptance is really big in my book mm. because you could have not accepted the reality of the outside world. And you could have been angry and resentful, like this shouldn't be happening. It's screwing up my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. And full of angst. You could even go into depression because that's sort of where it goes when you can't deal with it. So non-acceptance of what's the facts or the reality of the world is a really down big downer. Yeah. <laughs> it drags us down pretty fast. Mm. The that one whatever inspired you to say, you know what, I can't change that. I accept it. Mm-hmm. Right now the world is in a nasty place. I'm going to accept that. I can't change it. I'm not going to fight it. Mm-hmm. But what can I do? Yeah. And that's when non-acceptance of reality and acceptance reality moves us into okay, but what's possible? Mm. Right? 
And mm -hmm. so we move from resignation to, and res res uh, resentment and resignation to, well, there's some, I wonder what else is possible. Yeah. And that's a beautiful move. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So congratulations. Well, oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's an ongoing journey. I'm still alive and hopefully we'll be kicking for another several years. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm hoping that this will intrigue all of our audience, whether you're a business owner or not, ways in which we can open up conversation for growth in our business and our family and our lives, friends and all of that. Uh, I thank you so much, Chuck, for coming. Share with everyone where they can get a copy of your book, The Art of Conscious Conversations and find out more about you. How can they do that? Okay, so the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Order at your favorite bookstore. Um, on my website, chuckwisner.com, you can download a PDF of the introduction. Um, so that's there. And then on Instagram, I'm chuck underscore wisner, LinkedIn the same way. And that just reach out and find me if you need to. Awesome. Well, Chuck Wisner, I thank you again for coming to Savvy Broadcasting to share your great wisdom today on this whole wonderful conversation and topic of the art of conscious conversation because we need it more than ever. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.